today's podcast, we talk about the foundations of zone match one high coverage. And joining me to discuss this topic is the head football coach at Lexington High School, Coach Kyle Kogan. Coach, it's great to have you here today. Thanks for having me on, Keith. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I know you're a repeat performer here and uh, back in our Deep Dive on Defense series, we did some things with you and got a little bit of your biographical information. So we're going to get right into uh, our topic today and, you know, taking a look at this uh, this um, match principle, this zone match principles that you use. Uh, before we do that, though, you know, you and I were talking a little bit of, about how you got to this point and what was the evolution for you. So uh, I know you said a lot of this really started with some of those wing T teams in the in the red and blue set. So um, those out there who are not familiar with wing T, you have a a tight end wing to one side, you have a, a tight slot opposite of them. Uh, and then in a, in a shotgun, you'd have uh, the quarterback in the gun and back uh, offset away from the tight end wing. And for you, there were some some issues in some of the basic RPOs that were being done uh, at that time, as well as some of the pop passes that kind of caused you guys some problems and, and led you to some better answers. Talk to us about, I guess, some of those problems and, and what it led you to. Yeah, so when I first got to Lexington, um, our biggest rival was a, and still obviously his biggest rival was a wing T team that was mainly out of a two back sets, like 100, 900 stuff. If people are kind of familiar with the Tubby Raven, Tubby Raymond uh, terminology. And so we only had three vertical threats to worry about. And to me, if I can max fit two back, um, and get, you know, nine plus in the fit, then I'm all about that. So we were a, a big robber, Virginia Tech robber team, um, because we saw so much two back and like um, split back beer and like things like that, where, you know, we didn't necessarily have to worry about a lot of like vertical passes um, or great passing teams. And then when we did get spread, spread stuff, we would play like quarter, quarter, half, or, you know, quarters on both sides or whatever it might be. Um, we had some, you know, spot drop cover three and just pure man cover one that we did for like blitz, you know, fire zone purposes, but that wasn't really us. And then, like you said, we started running into problems of people doing basic RPOs that were messing with our rules with one of the big ones being the pop pass to the tight slot, like you were saying out of red blue off like buck sweep where will linebacker was really supposed to be the two vertical player. And then we also needed him playing the cut back on like trap and one back power and things like that. Um, so we couldn't really play, you know, half to the open side of the red blue formation because it was too much, space for the corner to realistically fit um you know get in the run fit against counter you know jet sweep things like that that we were still getting to the open side and so i mean we basically had to play sky which you know as a lot of people know the outside backer and that is not worried about carrying the vertical of number two he's a flat player with the corner playing the deep half so that that was the big problem that we ran into um against against that stuff and playing the you know quarters too high robber 
you know, style system. So in, in looking at that, then, you know, you, you mentioned you went out and you looked at doing a little bit of the, the, uh, the zone match, but for you in, in your words, it was kind of half-assed, right? You needed to come up with better answers. Where, where did you find those answers? Yeah. So the first kind of year when we made the switch, it was not very good. Um, you know, looking back, I feel bad for the kids cause it wasn't necessarily the best way that we could have done it. Um, you know, it was kind of spot drop it. We were trying to match routes, you know, there was still too much gray area. And so I, you know, I wanted to find a better way. And um, kind of around that time is when I met one of my best friends now, Dante Barty, um, who's a GA out at Cal. I think he's done, you know, stuff with you guys before yep. too. So a lot of people probably know him. Um, and I flew out and, you know, met him for the first time when he was back in uh, Arizona at Perry High School. And he kind of taught me uh, the pedagogy of how to teach, you know, zone match one high coverage against, you know, various different formations and plays and things like that. Um, you know, I had tried to figure out as much as I possibly can just reading, you know, saving playbooks from Brophy's website and, you know, James Light website back when it was still uh, public or whatever. Um, but, you know, there was still some things that I couldn't quite figure out on my own that he really helped, you know, me kind of understand and, you know, really teach me like, how to teach it not necessarily you know what is the actual scheme but like proper pedagogy of when to teach things how to teach things you know why do you want to use this and things like that i think that's an interesting concept coach the the pedagogy of it right because we can all go out there and, and find the stuff on youtube on uh on, on the internet the playbooks etc but that i think is exactly what the secret sauce is the the pedagogy of how how to teach this to your players and you were able to learn that and bring it back to your players but you know at the same time what i love about our game is uh you need to put a unique twist on it after you learn it you got to teach it in a way that's going to fit the guys that you have and and that's what you've been able to do as well uh, being at a different type of school than uh, you learned it from with dante you know a much smaller school with about 30 guys, 260 in the school. Talk to us a little bit about that evolution for you. You bring it back home and, and you know, how you put, I guess, your own spin on that. Yeah, there's a, you know, handful of variations between kind of how we both needed to get it done. Um, we'll still see a fair amount of passing from two back um, where we need to, you know, spend time on it um and while you know he was at it perry they saw it here and there but they didn't have to worry about it as much but obviously it was still crucial to the teaching of how the coverage you know works and operates um so like you know some of the you know random kind of different things would be like how we would play like a pro flank which to me is a tight end and a z split out um, you know, you have different options of how you could play it. And I kind of talk about it in the course that I put out um, where you could play it like as Ripley's match rules, where we're going to carry two in the seam. Um, if he's vertical, which we still need to do because we see the pop pass stuff. 
Um, and then he would play it more like area where it was a curl flat two to one drop. You're still matching routes, but you're not necessarily worried about carrying verticals against two back formation. So, you know, there's kind of different, you know, there's obviously different ways to do it within the system that are still sound and it's, um, you know, kind of using, you know, the tools that you need to accomplish the job. So coach, we're going to dig into the, the principles here a little bit, but I think it's valuable to start with an explanation just on the differences between zone match, spot drop, uh, man match type of coverages. Yeah. So I kind of talk about this, or I talk about this in the course too. Um, there's four total ones, but people really don't get, you know, just pure man mixed up with cover three stuff. So that's kind of why we said the three main ones. Um, so, you know, spot drop to me is you have a, you know, area on the field that you're worried about getting to, you know, when you see, you know, run pass key, you see pass, you're going to get to that spot and you're going to settle and, you know, vision and break, shrink and expand off quarterback vision. You're not worried about um, necessarily what the receivers are doing, you know, in the space around you. It's truly you're looking at the quarterback and you're going to break, you know, when he pulls the pin and, you know, all that stuff. Is it high shoulder, low shoulder, you know, things like that, um, which there is obviously value into doing that. You're going to get a lot more interceptions that way, just going off the quarterback, but you're not going to get as tight of coverage. So, you know, it's, it's give and take both ways. We, we don't have near the amount of interceptions that we used to get, you know, back in the day when we were a lot more spot drop heavy, but I think it's limited um, the big play ability that offenses have now because we're forcing so much tighter throws um, zone match wise is going to be your, you know, you're still dropping to an area. Once you get the pass key, um, you're still playing with the no cover zone, you know, where you're not going to, um, cover anything in that, you know, line of scrimmage to five yard area. We're going to pass off, you know, any kind of like shallow routes and stuff like that. But we're trying to have like big vision and see, you know, the quarterback while also relating to receivers within our area or our zone and, you know, kind of hug up them or match them or, you know, however you kind of explain it to the kids. Um, you know, you're trying to force tighter throws with that head on a swivel of seeing, you know, the receiver while also seeing the quarterback. That's kind of what I mean by like big vision. Um, so there would be kind of a difference between zone match and, and uh, pure zone. And then I think people kind of get confused on the difference between zone match, man match. Um, to me, it's, it's all about the techniques that you're teaching the underneath guys. Because back end wise, um, it, there's not necessarily too much of a difference between them. Um, it's it's mainly with the underneath guys and uh, kind of the rules that they're using. So just you know, generic ones would be: um, Are you drop into an area, right? If you're if you're drop into an area 10 to 12 yards from the line of scrimmage, that zone that's not man to man, you know. And I know some people say everything turns into man-to-man, -man, you know, 
at, at, at the end of the play, like, you know, I, you know, I kind of see what I get, I understand where they're coming from, but really it's the techniques that are being taught up to that point, you know, we're going to decide whether it's zone or is it man. So, um, you know, are you looking at the quarterback? If you're looking at the quarterback, to me, that's zone. If you're not looking at the quarterback and you're trying to play tight coverage, you know, you're looking at the receiver's hip, you know, waiting to punch through hands or, you know, look when he looks like that, that's man to man. That's not, that's not zone. Um, you know, are you passing routes off? Um, more than likely that's going to be zone, right? Especially if you're hovering over the top, you know, 10 to 12 yards. Now, obviously there's man switches or man match, you know, where it's, I have a guy man to man and I'm super tight coverage or what you'll hear the saving people say is dick in the hip, which is obviously about as tight of coverage as you could get. And then switching it with, you know, somebody in the hole or a different guy. And then you coming off, you know, that's different than being 10 to 12 yards above the route and, you know, hovering or drifting with the route and switching it off. So that's, that's to me, the biggest difference of, um, man match versus zone match and, you know, spot drop zone and things like that. And I know you, you cover this a little bit in the spot drop, maybe having the advantage and getting a few more picks, um, advantages in, in playing your type of coverage, the, the zone match, um, as compared to a man match coverage. Yeah. Um, so I zone to me, zone is better versus run than man to man. Um, because you can have eyes in the backfield and, um, you don't necessarily have to worry about fitting, you know, fitting the run based off your coverage as much. Um, obviously there is still, you know, an aspect, if you're trying to match routes, you're going to fit off your coverage in a way regardless of whether it's zone versus man, but, um, you know, it, it is different technique wise of say it's, um, imagine like GT counter guard, guard tackle counter with the fullback going away to block the DN. Um, you know, if I'm playing zone, I can kind of hover, you know, to play the fullback releasing out to the flat while also being in a position to play the cutback and my eyes are allowing me to somewhat do both, right? As where if I'm playing man-to-man and it's GT counter and I have the fullback and I'm fitting off the fullback, I'm going to hug him up and I'm just waiting for him to release out to the flat on play-action pass. And if they run the cutback lane, well, hopefully somebody else is there. You know what I'm saying? So there, you know, there can be pros and cons to both right um but to me zone in general is better against stopping the run than um than man is and i know as as you look at this and start to break it down uh one of the the main principles you're going to work off is uh, the dividers so talk to us about the dividers in uh in your zone principles yeah so um dividers are just they're imaginary lines that run down the field and basically it's um, a rule for the kids to know 
how they line up leverage wise based on um, their rule of, you know, or is, are they lining up on one or are they lining up on two, things like that. But mainly leverage wise, of my inside leverage or outside leverage, um, because I want to use my help best as possible. And, and, you know, cover three, cover one, um, your help is going to be that middle of the field safety. So ideally, you know, I want to get help from him on any kind of pass plays, whether they're or kind of the, the hook defenders as well, which is usually going to be the inside linebackers. You know, if they're running a slant or a dig or a post or, you know, some sort of like inside breaking route, I want a guy outside of the route and inside of the route. You know, I, I don't want both the outside backer or the curl flat defender, because I guess technically it could be anybody. You know, I don't want the curl flat defender and the hook defender both inside of the slot receiver when he's running uh, post, because, I mean, after that play, they're going to realize, well, we should just run corners the whole game, or we should just run a deep out instead. Like, it, you know, it, it's not going to be beneficial to us to play um, – you know, with two guys inside. Now, obviously, if we get like crazy weird splits, like, yes, that's going to happen. But to me, coverage is all about where is your help and then how do we want to align based off that help. Um, the rules that we use are a 5-1 bottom, which I think that I got that from Bill Williams out in California, if I remember right. Um, so the five is um, if the ball's on the far hash or you're to the field, just same thing, different way to say it. Five yards on top on top of the numbers, which is high school wise is basically like a apex midpoint between the top of the numbers and the hash. And that's just there's your imaginary line. Is your guy inside or outside of that imaginary line? If he's inside, I'm gonna line up outside. If he's outside, I'm gonna line up inside. Um if the ball's in the middle of the field, it's one yard on top of the numbers. And same idea. Is the inside or outside the divider? I'm going to line up opposite of that. It, um, and then the last one would be if the ball's on the near hash, then the divider is the bottom of the numbers. And again, it's same idea. Imaginary line running down the field. Am I going to get help from the middle of the field safety or not? Um, so we'll use that for alignment purposes and then um, playing actual, you know, routes and concepts once the ball snapped. So from there, it's getting into, okay, they snap the ball and he's running a post, he's running a dig, you know, whatever inside breaking route, I more than likely am going to get help from the hook defender or the middle of the field safety. How do I want to play leverage wise compared to the help that I'm getting inside? So this is getting into what I talk about. Um, it's called position maintenance, which is just your position uh, relative to the receiver in relation to the divider. And basically all that means is if they're running a route inside the divider, I want to play outside leverage and in the trail or um, underneath, you know, behind them, uh, however you explain it to the kids where you're, where you're in a position to undercut the route and try to get a pick because you have help over the top. Um, if they're running a route outside the divider, so um, a wheel or 
um, I don't know, a deep out or, you know, whatever it might be, then I want to be, or a vertical, a straight go. Um, I want to be inside and on top. So like basketball, I want to be between them and the ball. Um, I want to be on top of the route or in front of them. Um, you know, however you explain it to the kids, you know, deeper than him because you want to cut the route off so you don't get beat deep vertically, right? If you're behind him and he can outrun you, then that's not going to be good. So um, that's where all the divider stuff comes into play is alignment-wise and then playing different route concepts and, you know, specific routes and stuff that we're going to get, trying to use our help best as possible. So I want to get a little bit more into some of the general rules of the position, but I want to stop right there. And just in terms of how people attack this, right? Uh, do you see still the typical things that you're going to see against, um, you know, one high zone coverage that's spot dropping, or do you feel like people try to do things a little bit differently? Uh, maybe as they get used to to you, you know, and you see the same opponents every year and stuff, um, you know, running more of the zone match. Um, so I probably the guys that we play in conference, you know, that have been there, uh, you know, aren't new, you know, from the last three years or so. Um, I'm sure they've noticed, you know, that we do things a little bit differently than we did before. Um, so we don't necessarily get as many teams trying to just throw straight four verticals like we did when it was spot drop zone um, because, you know, I'm sure, you know, they're coaching too. They're going to see us carrying the verticals now. So they're probably, you know, they're thinking, oh, that's not going to work, you know, because it'll play out in a way like man free at times. Although, again, technically the techniques and stuff taught me between man free and you know, the Rick list stuff are not the same for the kids. Um, so, you know, we won't see as many of the, um, you know, traditional spot drop uh, cover three beaters. But, I mean, there's still ones that work against both, like curl flat, you know, like horizontal stretch concepts on the curl flat defender, double hitches, you know, things like that. Like, um, you know, we're not going to stop that regardless of whether it's, spot drop or zone match um you know they put a guy in the curl they put a guy in the flat we have one guy playing the curl and the flat well you know he can't defend both so you know some things we still see and some things we don't see as much do you feel it it, it covers up the the seams in four verts a little bit better i know that's a certainly a common uh, weapon against a, a one high zone defense yeah, no doubt. Um, it, and it's helped us against the pop pass stuff um, that, that we were seeing. Um, you know, obviously, if they throw a perfect pass, then there's not much that you could do about it. Um, but, yeah, it's um, definitely has helped against that stuff. I'm sure, you know, again, it's tightening down that window, right? If you, you have the traditional spot drop teams, I mean, at some point, that quarterback's going to you know, feel really good about the windows that he's opening up with, uh, you know, with his eyes. But, um, you know, as, as you get into some of your principles, you're able to take that away a little bit better. And that kind of leads us to our next section here, just the, the general rules of the position as you teach uh, the one high 
zone match principles. Yeah, that, and you kind of reminded me of another reason we had to switch to was um, like that that last year where we kind of half-assed zone matched. We played, um, I think it was three kids that went to go play FCS quarterback or um, they played quarterback and then they played FCS football. Um, I mean, so even at our small school level, like there was a run there for a little bit where we were seeing some dudes for our level that if, if we were just going to let them throw it and catch it, like it was going to happen. So if we weren't trying to force, you know, difficult throws, you know, in tight windows, like we weren't going to have a chance to beat some of those teams. So that, that was kind of another reason that we ended up making mm-hmm. the switch. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, but getting into uh, the, the rules of the droppers. So um, our hook defenders, um, which, you know, usually are going to be the inside linebackers. Um, and this is regardless of whether they're the strong side or the weak side the general rule that we tell them, and this is stuff that we need like freshmen and sophomores to understand is you're going to drop to your hook, you know, 10 to 12 yards, you're going to settle up and you're going to relate to whoever the final three is after the pattern distribution. So after, you know, you know, all it's all said and done and the smoke settled, who ends up being number three, um, that's who you're going to end up relating to. And, um, that could be, you know, say everybody goes vertical and it's check release from the back. You know, that could be three. Or um, a bat goes out and, you know, the tight end comes in. You know, then that's going to end up being three or, you know, whoever it might be. Um, we count outside in. I'm sure that's how everybody that I know does it um, for, you know, route distribution. But that's, that's the hook player's general rule. The uh, curl flat guys, for them, um, we say their rule is two in the seam. And for us, the the seam isn't necessarily as much uh, area or location on the field. It's more of a route concept. Um, You know, is for us, a seam is uh, somebody in the slot running a vertical or running like a nine route, a go route or whatever. We call that a seam. I assume a lot of people do as well. So for them is, is the number two running, you know, a seam release type route? Yes or no. If he is, yes, he is. That's our guy. That's who we want to relate to. If no, he is not doing that. Then we're going to play our curl flat drop and we're going to relate two to one. Um, and then our uh, outside third players um, for us, we say mod on one, um, which stands for man on deep for mod um if if he's deep i got him if he's not deep then i'm going to look to number two more than likely um for you know whoever is the next deep or vertical threat um and then our middle of the field player he really is the only true um zone defender that we have um, where he's not trying to relate to routes Um, He'll be 14, 15 yards uh, deep when they snap the ball. He's pedaling back to 20 plus, you know, deeper than the deepest. Um, Don't let anybody get behind you. You should be top down on everything. Just, 
you know, same thing, different way how to explain it to the kid. Um, we're looking at the quarterback um, and he's, you know, vision and break off him. Melt to the, we say melt to the first look break on the second. Um, and by melt, I mean angle pedal because obviously you don't want to open your hips too early. You know, um, like Dante says, then you're opening your hips to the pot of gold. That was, he's a DB guy, so he's got, you know, funny phrases for <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but that's, you know, how we teach the middle of the field guy. He's really the only true, you know, zone dropper, purely off the quarterback guy that we have. So, you know, look, looking at all those drops, right, and you can use a number of different rotations with this, I'm sure. Um, but for you, a lot of this is going to be based on flow. And, you know, I was talking to you before we got going, you know, seeing uh, quite a few, I guess, modern playbooks, you would call it, you know, you you start with two by two, right? And you see the defenses lined up yeah. against that and assignments rolling off of that and then adjusting from there. And, you know, that that's kind of a change because uh, some, you know, not – I guess extremely long ago, it was everything was going to be based off of, of two back. And for you, it's it's still that kind of teaching that you feel teaching out of the the two back flow, even if you don't see it, really helps your guys understand this and have all the answers they need versus the the various sets. Yep. Um, so I'm even if we still if we didn't see as much two back as we do. Um, I would still teach all the two back flow rules and everything because to me it just helps the kids understand how everything fits together and they kind of understand you know the puzzle and see the whole picture and stuff. Um, so there's four different flows that we teach the kids, um, and everybody you know back end wise is has a backfield key. Um, besides the D-line. Um, so the four flows that we teach is no flow where the back, like neither of the backs go out into the routes um, unless it's, you know, super late, like a check release type thing where they both block. Um, strong flow is going to be both backs going out to the passing strength. Weak flow is going to be both backs going out to um, away from the passing strength. And uh, split flow is, you know, one goes strong, one goes weak. Um, we'll, we'll game plan. I have, I have people ask me this. Of, um, we've, we've game planned how to play. Uh, one goes out strong and the other one blocks. You know, well, is that split flow or is that strong flow? For us, like when stuff like that happens, like camp rules, we say that's strong flow. Or if, you know, one goes out weak and the other one blocks, we say that's weak flow. Um, could you do it different ways? Yes. You know, and depending upon what you need to get done, maybe that's a game plan adjustment you need to make where, you know, you treat that like split flow instead. So, uh, but that's just general camp rules for us. Um, and then the last thing that we teach off of that is, um, those are the four flows, and then we could get boot action off any of the flows. So, you know, play action pass, uh, quarterback, you know, boots out of the pocket, rolls out of the pocket, uh, you know, bootleg, whatever people say. Um, we call that boot action. 
that we could get off any of the different flows. So I think that's an important one. You see more and more teams right now getting back into some of those traditional sets, um, running more of the play action, right? Uh, it's just helpful for the quarterback to move that launch point. You know, um, the, the play action obviously starts to split the defense. So, uh, you know, how well do you think this style of, of defense, uh, how well does it fit being able to defend those types of things? Uh, it, I, it has definitely helped us. Um, so that was, you know, waggle has always been a play, you know, for since the beginning of time that has hurt defenses. Um, and back when we were playing, you know, heavy robber stuff, um, we had problems, you know, with um, the robber safety coming down on the drag and then playing quarterbacks that were good enough to throw the backside post on our half defender. Um, I mean, that it was, you know, he had the arm to do it and their kid was better than our kid, you know, and they won the one-on-one. So that was, you know, a problem that we ran into against really good teams, you know, late in the year. Um, playing the one high model of it, of how we do it, you know, we can get help on that deep throw shot on the post. And then the drag is on the linebacker um, when he sees, when he gets that play action read. Um, obviously the back out is still on the curl flat defender, which would play out the same either way, but it has helped us um, drastically on defending um, you know, boot flood concepts and things like that. So Kyle, when you look at and watch, you know, whether it's a Friday, a Saturday or Sunday, um, you, you start to see the parody today anyway, right? Cause there's so much that's just available online that coaches, um, you know, that, that, uh, I guess idea of things filtering down from a level can happen as quickly as, you know, a week, right? That, that stuff is so much more available today. Are there any concepts that you've been seeing here uh, over the course of the 2020 season, although it's, it's been abbreviated for a lot of people, any kind of those uh, concepts that you feel you're not too worried about, you're well-suited, or I guess in the other regard, maybe some things that you're looking at, um, you know, how, how you might adjust in and uh, stay ahead of those guys, keep the chalk last. Um. Let's see. I I was very blessed to have um, two all-conference corners for the last couple of years. So we were able to win. A, I mean, it, it wasn't a one-on-one -on -one ball. You know, it, it was not a 50-50 ball. Um, our, our kid was going to win, you know. So uh, we've been – that's that's a big thing with you know playing one high is um, once they get outside the divider on the nine or the wheel or whatever it is um, if you can't win the one-on-one -on -one 150 ball then you're going to have problems um, and we're graduating one of those kids this year so um, you know we might have to you know use more two high concepts and passing situations um, that we haven't had to do the last couple of years um, um, 
it's, it's been really good for us against play action, like I said, and uh, different flood flood concepts, um, whether that's uh, NCAA, which to me is drive dig post or shallow dig post, um, three level flood, you know, a, a go, a deep out, a flat, or like inverted flood stuff where it's um, uh, a flat, a seam, and a dig, you know, the different variations that you could get. Um, it's It's been really good to us for all that stuff. Um, I mean, um, we haven't, we haven't had anybody hurt us too bad throwing the ball, but having good players definitely helps with that. Always solve some problems. Um, you know, in looking at things, we've seen a lot of the move to, uh, teams, you know, again, they're, they're trying to stay ahead. So we went through the whole, not that we're out of it. Cause I still think. Uh, RPOs are very much alive and um, being utilized in all kinds of different ways. Uh, but off of that, more people starting to play man coverage. And so all the shallows and mesh and, and the variations of those really have come to the forefront. It seems like they're in everybody's playbook at every level. And then off of that too, which I think is really useful to me at the high school level, if you have a young quarterback creating the shallow screens right um yeah those yeah. those have a a ton of value and uh any concerns with those types of things i think those could be devastating if they're coached up the right way yeah um so things like mesh and um stuff like that having you know kind of the one high match or Ripley's match has helped us have a counter to things like that. When we do play man free against, um, against different spread sets, but yeah, the, the shallow screen is a, is a tough one or, um, like the tunnel screen, uh, you know, to the number one, because, you know, we'll get, we're getting so much depth in our drop where um you know they're completing it underneath us and obviously the whole really you know basic idea of zone is keep everything in front of you yeah they're throwing well, that, they're throwing it in the no cover for sure they have yeah, to yeah. yeah they're they're so they're throwing it in the no cover which okay mission accomplished and then they have three guys coming out to block all your zone defenders right and if you ain't blocks then you know uh, that that's a problem which um yeah we we that's we have had issues with that um good tunnel teams are are a pain um to me if you're not getting the d line involved on that then it's it's going to be a rough day how how do you coach that up for you i mean let's you know we can all start drawing up different schemes and scheming things up but you know the the best stuff uh you're going to work on the read and reaction you're going to work on you know if you are getting those shallow screens, as an example, being able to defeat those blocks and be able to get off of them quickly um, and, and not turn those into big gains. So for you, you know, going back to what you talked about before, the pedagogy of teaching this, what are you going to go to as far as, okay, we're going to have to teach some of these things better? Yeah, if, if, we're, if we're staying in the, um, you know, zone match one world and we're not, you know, going to play cover two or, you know, obvious answers to those 
uh, coverage beaters. Um, so general way that we're going to play it is whoever the outside third defender is, they're playing any sort of double move. So any kind of, you know, bubble and go or key and go, uh, tunnel and go, that's on them. Um, the flat defender is going to be the force defender, whether that's run or, you know, really a screen pass against a block. He's going to be the one that's, you know, turning it back in um, so we could, you know, leverage the ball. Um, obviously, things like tunnel and kind of key screens are going to go back inside anyways. Um, when we're – we usually see it out of trips, and so we'll usually have either the free safety dropping down in between two and three or the linebacker that's – if it's a weak side rotation, then we'll bump the linebacker out um, to be that, you know, curl defender. Um, where he's going to be inside of the um, force defender and the lead through block um, on the screen with whoever the next guy is inside, inside of um, that lead blocker. Um, so, you know, it's, again, it's still about gap integrity, um, even against screens when they're getting all the blockers out of, you know, if they have three blockers, ideally you want four guys for, the four, um, you know, holes or gaps that the running back could go through, or if there's two blockers, then you want three guys. Um, obviously that's perfect world. I mean, it, at a point it's going to come down to, um, you got to get off blocks, you know, and make the tackle for minimal gain and the D line have to, you know, have great screen recognition and that has to be worked all week. And really throughout the season, if you see it a lot of, you know, if they're not turning around as soon as they realize, uh, wow, this was way too easy and I'm not J.J. Watt, you know, them turning down and pursuing to the ball, you know, taking a proper angle, you know, getting there, um, to, you know, run them down from behind, that, that solves a lot of problems is the D-line screen recognition. But, you know, I mean, you've done high school ball before, you know how high school kids can be. Sure. Uh, you know, with, with that in mind, I mean, I think it, it's all about having a plan to teach those things. Um, anything that you do or um, ideas for, for, you know, drills to start to train, train some of those things you mentioned into your players. Um, we started working um, screens and like pursuit drills and, um, you know, stuff like that where, you know, I'm sure, you know, if you got on YouTube then everybody could basically see that of lining up like normal pursuit drill and drop back and, um, you know, throw to a coach standing out on the perimeter and things like that. Um, and then just working it in team and, um, you know, even throwing in screens during like inside run, um, periods and things like that where you know to keep the kids honest so they're not cheating the system right right well coach you've put all this together and you know what's really going to do justice for those guys out there who want to learn more about this is to um, be able to dig into your course and your courses I think you have uh, three really good ones now on coach tube uh, talk to us a little bit about this one that we focused on today the foundations of uh, zone match principles Yep. So, 
Um, obviously, I talk about, you know, the stuff that, you know, we did in the pod so far and, try, you know, try to go more in depth with pictures and videos and things like that um, of each of like the principles and whatnot. Um, getting into, you know, how do the rules slightly change, you know, when both backs go strong or they both go weak, you know, what happens when they split, things like that. Um, you know, the difference between uh, when would we want to flood the coverage and when would we not want to flood the coverage and, you know, stay in our, you know, generic taut zones and whatnot. Um, that's that's the new one um, that I just put out. Um out of two back and then at the end I kind of talk about applying that to different you know spread set formations uh two by two three by one three by two four by one um which is a I have courses on that um as well on coach tube and then the third one is about um run fits using the same coverage because to me everything needs to be taught back to front um, I, I know a lot of guys, um, and obviously there's different ways to do it, but to me, when I think about how do I want to fit the run, I think about what coverage do I want to use. And um, then from there, that's going to dictate to me how many guys I can get in the fit, um, especially if I'm playing um, some sort of RPO or option team. Um, that It's going to be crucial to you know match the numbers and you know, who has pitch, who has dive, who has quarterback, things like that. And then I'm thinking about, okay, what front do I want to use against, you know, the surfaces that I'm getting? Um, and by that, I mean, you know, guard tackle or tackle tight end, you know, tight end wing. Um, is it tackle over, you know, um, is it a dead formation with X over, um, you know, where people are covered up and things like that, or the tight ends covered up or whatever it might be is, is the third course where I talk about run fits. Well, coach, I really appreciate you taking time. And I know we didn't necessarily uh, get into every detail here, but uh, you certainly shared uh, quite a bit here. I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, we'll be sure for our listeners, you can find the links to coaches courses in the show notes so coach again thanks for the time and uh look forward to having you visit with us again and talking more defense for sure thanks for having me on thank you again for listening to the coaching coordinator podcast please if you are enjoying the podcast head over to itunes or spotify and click five star for rate if you have a minute write a review it really helps the podcast check out our new home for the coaching coordinator podcast that's at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on twitter at coach k grabowski